This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 169, Four Steps to Overcome Overwhelm. Are you feeling like you have too much on your plate? Are your stress levels through the roof? Or are you just feeling defeated? If you're struggling to keep up with the demands of life and the intensity of your inner world and need some practical tips to overcome overwhelm, then today's episode is for you. Join me as we explore the steps to help you regain control and find peace in the midst of your internal and external chaos. We'll talk about what is overwhelm, how to know if you're experiencing it. We'll look at the general strategies that are usually offered for overwhelm and their limitations. And then we'll look at my four-step process to overcome overwhelm. I have a group coaching program just on that starting in April. And so I'll finish the episode by telling you a little bit more about this program. The waitlist is already open and will be just for a few more days by the time this episode airs. Know that if you get on the waitlist, it doesn't commit you to anything, you don't have to pay anything, but it gives you priority for when the doors will open, it locks in a discounted price for you, and it gets you access to two extra bonuses. So if you're a yes, or even if you're just a maybe, I invite you to join the waitlist right away, and then if you stay until the end, you'll have all the details on the program, or you can just check the show notes if you're already excited. Now, before we get to today's episode, I want to say thank you if you've been reaching out to me on Instagram to talk about my other solo episodes or any episode for that matter. I'm always so glad to know that things that we talked about are helpful for you and I love connecting with you guys. I would really love to chat with you or read your takeaways on today's episode. So either send me a DM or take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways. Make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast so I can see it and reshare it. Do you know someone that wants to heal and grow, who needs to hear today's episode that struggles with overwhelm? Well, share the episode or the podcast in general and help someone else on their healing journey. All right, ready for the episode? Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. So what is overwhelm and how would you know if you're experiencing it? Overwhelm is a feeling of being completely overcome defeated or overpowered by something. It can manifest in very different ways, including feeling emotionally drained, mentally exhausted, physically fatigued, and having difficulty concentrating or making decisions. Some of the most common signs of overwhelm include feeling anxious, irritable, having trouble sleeping or staying asleep, experiencing physical symptoms like headaches, muscle tension, stomach problems, and feeling like you have no control over your life or a particular situation, and like you're unable to take action or even think straight sometimes. The sources of your overwhelm can come from many different things depending on you and what's going on, but there are some common causes. It could be your thought pattern. It could be chronic stress or acute stress, like one particular event that was very stressful that then brought you in overwhelm. It could be a heavy workload or your perception of it. It could be too much responsibility or again, your perception of it. It could be anxiety or other emotions that just come to be too much. It could be other people's energy or their demands on you. 
It could be your own perfectionism, your people-pleasing tendencies, your past unhealed trauma, or it could be the accumulation of uncertainty of unknown and so on. Overwhelm is extremely common, particularly in highly sensitive people, because when you're highly sensitive, you already have an increased or a deeper sensitivity. And so your nervous system responds to physical, emotional, and social stimuli more easily or more strongly than average people. So if you react more strongly, that means you'll reach the threshold of overwhelm faster than average people, and you'll feel overwhelmed by things that other people are doing fine with. So this is why it will be the subject of my next coaching group. If you're unsure whether you are experiencing overwhelm, it can be helpful to check in with yourself and ask, how are you feeling emotionally, physically, and mentally? Pay attention to the physical symptoms you might be experiencing and you can ask yourself if you feel like you are coping well with your daily responsibilities and tasks. And if you are struggling to manage your workload or you feel like you're constantly behind or struggling to keep up or you find yourself numbing, those are signs that you're probably experiencing overwhelm. There are many strategies if like you go onto the internet and you look for how can I get out of overwhelm, you'll find a lot of things. We often think that overwhelm is just a matter of getting everything done. And like if we cross every item of our to-do list, then we won't feel overwhelmed. And so some of the tips you'll see is around that, right? Often people will look at only the external perspective. In this example, your external workload, your to-do list. And with that, you will be told to focus on prioritizing, on organizing yourself better, on time management, on making a list of tasks and responsibilities and, you know, putting them in order of their importance or urgency. Organizing your schedule and making a plan to tackle each task in a manageable way is useful. Like that's not a bad strategy, but it's a band-aid one. It's an external action to get what you have to do done despite your overwhelm. The issue with these kinds of solutions is that they don't get to the root of why you're feeling overwhelmed in the first place. Then you might receive other suggestions like taking a break and resting. And if you're truly overwhelmed, just taking a break might actually make you feel even more overwhelmed because it's going to start to feel like you're even more behind or you have even less time to get everything done in the end. And of course, resting is helpful, but it depends how far in the spiral of overwhelm you are. Another solution you'll hear is to ask for help. And of course, once again, delegating will take stuff off your plate. It's just simple math. <laughs> but there's two issues with that. One, if part of your overwhelm comes from you having people-pleasing tendencies, then asking for help is probably going to feel harder than actually getting the stuff done yourself. So that's not super helpful. And then once again, it only supposes that your source of overwhelm is external demands. 
when as we saw earlier, there are many different sources. Some are external, but many are internal. And this is why I think it's important to approach it from the internal sources so we really get to the root of the overwhelm and we can create long-lasting change. If you remember our episode on stress, that was number 117, called Understanding Your Stress, you'll remember that stress is your body's response to your perception of the pressure or your perception of the lack of safety you experience. Since that your perception of the situation has more weight than the actual true facts of the situation, right? Two different people living through the same situation will have two different stress responses. In the case of overwhelm, that means that you can compare two people with the same to-do list, the same external load, and one will get overwhelmed and not the other. Why? Same idea that with stress, because of their perception. So for more on that, you can go back to episode 17. But for now, what that means for us today is that the internal source of your overwhelm, aka your thoughts and beliefs, your emotions, your physical, mental, and emotional reactions to stress, your patterns and conditionings, all those things are going to influence your level of overwhelm more than the external demands of the world on you. Don't get me wrong, they don't help. But fixing only the external probably won't get you out, really, of overwhelm for a long time. So that being said, I work with four steps to manage your overwhelm. I think it's important, as I said, to look at your thoughts and learning to manage your thoughts. Number two, when we look at our feelings and our emotion, we have to learn to feel our feelings. Number three, we need to manage our stress and it's the effects of the stress on our lives, on our body, and on everything that we experience. And then the fourth step is looking at the snowball effects of number one, two, three. It's looking at the coping mechanism and the learned pattern behaviors that you have and you've implemented in your life so you can survive, so you can feel okay. All right, let's break it down. Number one was managing your thoughts. So when it comes to overwhelm, your thoughts, they can work against you, right? They have a powerful impact on your emotions and your actions, and they can contribute to your feelings of overwhelm, obviously. <laughs> the thoughts fuel your emotional response, and your emotional response fuel what kind of actions you will take. And your actions, of course, influence the results you'll have in your life. There are many different types of thoughts that can create feelings of overwhelm. Remember that we're talking about feeling defeated, overpowered, exhausted, anxious, right? Those are feelings that lead to overwhelm or create overwhelm or participate to your overwhelm. So I think the overarching theme when it comes to the thoughts is overthinking, but I'll breaking down into types of thoughts. One type of thought would be negative self-talk. When you engage in negative self-talk, you are essentially telling yourself that you're not good enough in some way, that you cannot handle the situation at hand. 
This type of thinking leads to feelings of self-doubt and can make it difficult to move forward with confidence. It's feeding your anxiety, our feelings of defeat, and all of this will build towards overwhelm. Catastrophizing is another type of thought. That's when you're imagining the worst case scenario in any given situation. It's often unrealistic or like very unlikely, but it can still be very distressing. These types of thoughts are damaging because they create extra and unnecessary stress and anxiety. Let's say you have an important presentation to give at work. You start to worry that you won't do well, and then your boss and colleagues will think poorly of you. Your thoughts start to spiral, and then you start catastrophizing. What if I completely forget my lines and I freeze up in front of everyone? They'll think I'm incompetent and unprofessional. My boss will probably fire me on the spot and I'll never be able to find another job again. And my partner will leave me because I'm a loser and I'll be homeless living on the street with nothing. <sighs> that is catastrophizing. Out of context, like right now, when you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling good and safe and regulated, it almost sounds silly. But in the moment when you're on high stress, it sounds like a total possibility. Even though it's lies, you're like, mm, mm, maybe, maybe that could happen. I think this will happen. This will obviously happen. <laughs> so I'm sure you can see how those types of thoughts might not only create a stress response, but might lead you into overwhelm. Overgeneralizing is another type of thoughts. When we overgeneralize, we take one negative event or experience in our life and we apply it like a rule to all the areas of our life, like a wrong statistic rule, right? For example, if we have one bad day at work, we might start to believe that we're just terrible at our job and we will never succeed or get that promotion or XYZ. Overgeneralizing leads to a sense of hopelessness and helplessness because we start to believe that We are powerless to change our situation because it's just always like that, quote unquote. That reinforces your negative self-talk, your limiting beliefs, because the always or the never, right? I always mess things up or I'm never going to be successful. Those things are like anticipation of failure. And that anticipation of failure creates overwhelm because pff, there's no way out. So from that, there's like the complete opposite as well, which is like perfectionism. That would be another category of thoughts that creates the same result, although it comes from a different place. When you hold yourself to impossibly high standards, when you set yourself up for failure, that's basically what you're doing because perfection doesn't exist, then just like with overgeneralizing that leads to feeling of overwhelm, Perfectionism will do the same. You're overgeneralizing the fact that you should be at an A-plus level on everything all the time. Otherwise, it's not worthy of anything. So that's hard to do. That's hard to face every day. And it can become, with those two things together, like this rumination, right? This dwelling on the negative thoughts. Essentially replaying the same thoughts and emotion over and over again into the, I'm not good enough, I will fail, this won't be 
you know, perfect, like all of those come together and it makes it difficult to move forward. And this is where we feel like really stuck and really trapped and stuck and trapped that creates overwhelm as well, because it comes back to feeling powerless. So when it comes to your thoughts, overthinking, negative self-talk, catastrophizing, overgeneralizing, perfectionism, (laughs) ruminations, those are all types of thoughts that creates emotions that then lead into overwhelm. To shift out of those thought patterns, we need to start by slowing down. We need to build awareness and we need to gain clarity. When your mind is moving super fast, when it's cluttered or it's chaotic, it's really difficult to see clearly. I mean, like to see the truth. It's nearly impossible also to challenge your thoughts, to break down the momentum of them and to pivot, like to take a different action because they have like a power with the speed. I have an episode on slowing down. That was the recent one, like 165, five ways to slow down and be more mindful. So you can check that out for more on that subject and on the subject of slowing down. And if you want more tools and ways to integrate that into your life, as you slow down and you bring yourself out of a state of stress, not only will you already have more mental capacity just from the space you've created, but you'll also have more cognition because of the way your nervous system works and how it prioritizes safety. If you go back to our episodes on the nervous system, you'll see that overwhelm starts in your sympathetic response with decreased self-confidence, anticipation of failure, and then with the increased anxiety and stress that's normally associated with the stress response, it gets to be too much. And then you shift into your dorsal vagal branch of the nervous system. Because when we experience a threat that is too great for us to fight or to flee from, right? When your stress response doesn't create the positive solution or positive outcome to your problem, your nervous system is going to go in the state of freeze as a last resort. This is where you're feeling stuck, helpless, hopeless, powerless. So we need to build the awareness not only of the thought pattern that create those emotion, first of anxiety and stress, and eventually of hopelessness and helplessness, but we also need to build the awareness of how the nervous system is functioning so we know where we are and how to move forward. When I say that one step to overcome overwhelm is to manage your thoughts, we do that by slowing down to get rid of the clutter of the mind by building awareness on what is actually going on in our minds by getting clarity about the source of your overwhelm. Again, we don't just want to put band-aids on the overwhelm, but we want to get to the source and create change from there. And the thoughts are a really important piece of that puzzle. Once we start to have a handle on our thoughts and we see where the emotions that eventually lead to overwhelm are coming from, and we learn how to support the nervous system into that, although we're going to come back to that in more details at step number three, the step number two is to start to feel our feeling. A natural tendency with overwhelm is to numb ourselves. And highly sensitive people tend to even more repress their feelings because just the processing of emotion on its own can be difficult and overwhelming. So 
we also have been told that we're too sensitive. And of course, we want to fit in. We want to belong. We want to be loved. And so we learn to pretend that we don't feel quite as much as we do. Repressing your feelings is not a viable solution because it exacerbates your feelings of overwhelm eventually, and it makes it more difficult for you to manage your stress and your anxiety. It's important to find healthy ways to express and process your emotions because by acknowledging and expressing your feelings, you can reduce your internal tension and promote a better sense of emotional well-being. You can see that internal tension as the buildup of emotions that lead to the overflow that is overwhelm. If you let the pressure out on a regular basis, there will be less chances of an overflow, of an explosion. <laughs> if you let the pressure out again and again, it just will flow with more ease. And then cherry on top, that pressure won't become illness or a strain on your relationships, right? Two things that would add to your stress list, to your overwhelm on top of everything else. Now, if I tell you, it's just fine, go ahead and feel all your feelings, you might freak out and you would be right to do so. If you've been numbing for a while, it's potentially a lot more than you can handle right now to just go ahead and feel your feelings. It's normal that that would feel scary. And it's a part of the process where it's really good to have support for it. So I have a whole methodology to help you take baby steps and create safety from within so you can stop repressing your feeling and start feeling again so you don't get overcome with <laughs> the feelings and then get overwhelmed with them. Once we work on the thoughts to reduce the fueling of those emotions, that's going to help. But we won't be perfect about it. And we can't control the world and we can't control the people around us. So you'll probably still have some things that will need to be cleared up and things that will need to move through you just as your nervous system functions well. And there's also like older stuff that might be unprocessed and needs clearing and that can be released. And then with the day-to-day -day stuff that comes and needs to move through you, then you'll have tools to learn to manage your thoughts fairly well as you release your emotions and move that energy as it needs to move. So in the program, we'll work on getting out of the habit of numbing and not feeling first with practices for safety. And then we'll continue with building the awareness of your feelings as messages from the body. We'll practice compassion to meet ourselves where we are without that self-rejection of your own sensitivity so we can give yourself permission to feel. And then we'll find safe outlets for expression so you can feel without getting stuck or it adding to your already existing overwhelm. Step number three in my approach to overcome overwhelm, especially as a sensitive soul, is to manage your stress and its effects. In other words, it's to regulate your nervous system. As you begin to explore your emotions, you might find that they can be intense at times. And a practice of self-regulation techniques will help you manage any feelings of discomfort with your emotions, any fear 
or like a perception of lack of safety with them. We will also help you support your system. And if you've been in chronic stress for a while, I mentioned that in the beginning as a source of overwhelm, if you remember, you'll need to release and support your system out of that habit. Another one was acute stress. When something really intense happens, traumatic or otherwise, you need tools to soothe yourself, to move that energy out and to recreate safety from within. So nervous system regulations, those practices are going to do just that for you. In episode 128, that was called tools to regulate your nervous system. You literally have hundreds of them listed there. So I'm not going to go and redo this whole list here. The challenge in me explaining it quickly is that the tools depends on where you start, right? You can be in the stress response at the beginning of overwhelm, or you can be in the collapse state of hopelessness and helplessness of overwhelm. According to where you are, the tools would be different. But in a nutshell, if you remember, we are looking for tools that move us out of collapsed energy through the stress response, and towards a state where you feel safe, you can socially engage, you feel connected, and you can relate to other people. A state where your system is functioning optimally, and obviously, there's no more overwhelm. So for a list of all those tools, go back to episode 128, but for now, just know that that's an important part of this whole process. And now we'll get to step number four. Step number four is dealing with the snowball effects of the three first things, meaning the coping mechanism and the learned patterns that you have integrated to survive in the long run. Those patterns, the issue is that they actually add to your overwhelm, even if in the moment they're helpful to deal with your thoughts, to avoid your feelings, or to reduce your stress. Basically, there are things that will keep you stuck or coming back to overwhelm again and again if they're not addressed as sources too. One really big one is boundaries. Setting boundaries that protect your time, energy, and emotional well-being is not an easy task for anybody, but especially for highly sensitive people. It's not easy because, remember... As a highly sensitive person, you absorb and you process information more deeply than others, and you get more easily overwhelmed by your internal and external stimuli, aka the demands, the pressure, and your feelings about it. You are also more empathetic and attuned to the needs of others, making it harder for you to say no because you feel bad and because it's just hard to prioritize your own needs you feel guilty, you feel selfish, and you feel the disappointment of others. Even when it's necessary for your own self-care, you're going to tend to take more on than you should, or that would be healthy for you. Another part of this is that probably you try to manage or control how other people are feeling. And so in that process, you neglect yourself. Nice picture I'm drawing here, right? <laughs> So in the moment, it feels less overwhelming to say yes and help someone, especially that you love, than saying no and feeling like you're disappointing them. But in the long run, when you actually have to do the thing you agreed to, but actually don't have time for, energy for, bandwidth for, 
well, that makes you more overwhelmed. So addressing the source of your overwhelm probably includes learning to set boundaries, learning to uphold them, (laughs) and learning to be okay with the short discomfort of saying no for the long reward of feeling more calm and more relaxed. Boundaries is one thing, but we can go even further into people-pleasing in general. People-pleasing is that tendency that you might have (laughs) to prioritize the needs and the desires of other people over your own needs and desires. Highly sensitive people have a natural desire to create harmony and to avoid conflict in their relationship, and they feel a strong sense of responsibility to ensure that the people around them are happy and comfortable. So people-pleasing becomes a way to maintain positive interaction and a way to avoid the possibility of upsetting someone you love. Instead, you take care of them. That's how you show them that you love them. That sounds nice and all, but it also comes with feelings of inadequacy, of self-doubt. And if it's used as a strategy to seek validation and approval from your loved ones, it's never going to actually feed that enough for you to get out of overwhelm. And it's more like a proactive thing. So rather than responding to someone's request, like with boundaries, with people-pleasing, It becomes the reason why you struggle putting boundaries. And oftentimes struggling with putting the boundaries is a symptom of your people pleasing. And then that just keeps you into the cycle of overwhelm. For highly sensitive people, people pleasing can contribute to your overwhelm in many other ways. There's, yes, the lack of boundaries and that comes with overcommitment and overload. But on top of that, there's your fear of disappointment. And then we layer managing what feels like high expectations, stress, anxiety, your fear of rejection, your fear of conflict or even just confrontation, your worry about meeting those expectations, and more. This will push you further into self-neglect, and it adds to your feeling of exhaustion and eventually overwhelm. It's a really nice, vicious cycle. (laughs) So setting boundaries and the potential consequences of prioritizing yourself feel overwhelming, so you don't. And then the consequences of not doing those things is even more overwhelming in the end. (sighs) Can you see the issue here? (sighs) Take a breath. (laughs) All right. Setting healthy boundaries, learning to say no, learning to delegate, being assertive with your own limitation out from a place of love for yourself, those are all things that will help you prioritize yourself and your own needs. And yes, I know this sounds easier said than done. If that's the case, start by identifying your own needs and your own value. That will be step number one. Then start practicing self-care and self-compassion. The idea is that it's easier to start with ourselves and our own relationship to ourselves than to start with relationship with others. And this is how we'll do it in my 10-week program. We'll start with ourselves and then we'll move on to others. Eventually, setting boundaries and letting go of people-pleasing tendencies will help you enjoy more 
mutually satisfying relationship. And it will help you actually deepen and enhance your connection with others. So it's really positive in the long run if you can find the courage to do so. Another coping mechanism we learn to survive that comes from letting our mind lie to us and run the show, repressing our feelings and accumulating stress over time is perfectionism. I talked about it a little bit when we were talking about the thoughts. Similarly to overwhelm in general, perfectionism is not a time management issue. It's an emotional avoidance mechanism. It's an emotional avoidance issue. We are trying to avoid a feeling that is uncomfortable by avoiding to do the task at hand because we think that that's the source of the feeling. I have a full episode on procrastination as well. This is all the way back to number 87, a long time ago, called Five Reasons Why You Procrastinate. So if I'm kind of blowing your mind with this idea, add this episode to your queue for next lessons. There's another vicious circle here, right? Sensitive people become overwhelmed by the amount of work or the task they need to complete, which leads to procrastination as a way to cope with the feeling of stress and anxiety, which turns out to make them even more overwhelmed. At this point, you might be laughing a little bit, like to cover your like, oh my God, there's no way out, thoughts or feeling, but I promise there is. Even though procrastination can exacerbate the overwhelm you feel by increasing your stress, by decreasing your productivity and contributing to feed negative emotions such as guilt and self-criticism, there are strategies for you to manage your procrastination. The most common things are like breaking tasks into smaller ones and setting more realistic deadlines, but considering the sensitivity part, that's not enough. I think managing your thoughts, feeling your feelings, and regulating your nervous system are actually key. I also like to build a bit more self-confidence as an antidote to procrastination because when we believe in our ability to complete the task or to achieve a goal, it kind of naturally reduces the anxiety around it or the overwhelm that would normally contribute to our procrastination tendency. A shift in the thoughts will increase your motivation, your positive self-talk, while a release of the emotions that we are avoiding then can allow us to take action and be more productive because there's nothing to avoid anymore, right? Then with confidence, we can build a little bit more empowerment, a little bit more self-trust, and look at this last consequence slash coping mechanism that results from years of not managing your thoughts, of not feeling your feelings, of not caring like intentionally for our stress or our nervous system. And this is the last one we're going to talk about, living out of alignment. Over time with people pleasing and all the ways we avoid discomfort, we can lose sight of what we truly want and what truly matters. When we're really overwhelmed, if I ask you and you're completely overwhelmed, what do you want? Your answer is probably going to be, uh, I don't know right? So we lose touch, we lose sight of what we want and what truly matters to us. So the last way to overcome overwhelm is to put all of this together and to start to show up authentically in your life. Living in authenticity helps you be clear on your priorities. And so it helps you prioritize what's actually important for you. 
And as you do that, you'll experience an easier decision-making process and more inner peace. So the foundational work is truly to manage your thoughts, to learn to feel your feelings, and to regulate your nervous system to feel more safe, more loved, and more connected to yourself and others. With that, everything else falls into place. It's easier to put yourself first. It's easier to set gentle boundaries. It's easier to start to let go of procrastination, and it's easier to live more authentically. If you're highly sensitive and you're experiencing overwhelm in your life, then I invite you to join us in my program. It's called the Sensitivity Reset, Releasing Overwhelm for a Happier Life. This 10-week life coaching program for highly sensitive women is, I think, your missing piece into finally getting rid of overwhelm. And we'll do that through all the tools I've talked about right now so you can thrive really in a world that is not really meant for highly sensitive people. And you can start building appreciation for your sensitivity and in the ways it serves you and makes you uniquely special. When you sign up, you'll get eight self-paced modules of easy and digestible bite-sized video teaching you all the tools you need to support yourself and get out of overwhelm. You'll also get eight live group coaching sessions. And so you can get coached on any subjects so you don't get stuck anywhere in the program. And that also comes with a workbook and a ton of extra audio and video resources. And one of the best part, we have a private community platform so you can ask questions, share your experiences with fellow people in the group, and you can find support and accountability. So if you want all the details, I'll put a link in the show notes where you can see every module, everything we'll do and all of this. And if you'd like to schedule a call to see if this might be a good fit for you, you'll also have the link in there to do that. This course is starting at the beginning of April, so it's just around the corner. And if this program is not right for you, if it's not the right fit, well, here in this episode, you have a lot of tools and a few different episodes also that I named that put it all together and you'll have so much to get you started. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. It truly, truly helps people find the podcast. And if this episode has helped you in any way, by helping other people find it, you can help even one person feel better, transform their life. Find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 169 for everything I mentioned in this episode, including how to join the sensitivity reset, releasing overwhelm for a happier life. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast and their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll see you next Monday.